Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. Broadcasting live from 4th and John Quarantine Studios, powered by 102.5 Fox the Gambler and iHeartRadio, and brought to you by our friends over at Bud Light and Monster Energy. Welcome to 4th and John, episode 124. Boys and girls, (laughs) Uh, how you holding up out there? Yeah, quarantine life sucks. It's still going on. It's still being extended. And listen, we all understand why this is happening, but it certainly doesn't make life or this any more enjoyable. And there are a lot of things that I'm going to take away from this whole quarantine experience. There's things that I'm going to carry with me for the rest of my life. Lessons learned during this time, Uh, especially when you consider how much we took for granted the simple things in life. Going out to see your friends, maybe going for a drink at the bar, uh, talking to your significant other, seeing your parents, seeing your grandparents, just socializing, going out to the store, going out to a restaurant to get something to eat. Sports! For the love of God, sports. Right now, I'd be attending Phillies games, Flyers, Sixers. We'd be soaking in sports. But the NFL right now is acting like that warm comfortable, fuzzy blanket. You just swaddle yourself in and and, and everything's all better. And Uncle Roger pats you on the head and tells you everything's going to be okay. Don't picture it. It's a little weird. And yes, the quarantine's got me going crazy. But they nailed free agency. They nailed the NFL draft without a hitch. And now we get this schedule release, which first and foremost, just by looking at the schedule and the fact that we have divisional games right off the bat tells me there's going to be absolutely no delay in the football season. Now, a lot of things can change from now until then, but at least for right here, right now, maybe social distance wise, maybe uh, not face to face and inside of a studio, but I still have the ability to talk to my bros, talk some Eagles football, talk some NFL football. And for that, and for you tuning in right now, I am thankful for. So before we go any further and dive headfirst into the 2020 Philadelphia Eagles schedule, Mr. Gail Saunders, Eagles sessions on Twitter on a scale from Earl Thomas to 10. How's your week going? Uh, I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go six. You seven. gonna go with the six? All right, yeah, I like yeah. it. You know, right in, be, right in between. I'm not having as much fun as Earl Thomas, uh, but I've been isolated, so you know how that goes. But um, just thinking in terms of uh, you know what's going on with the quarantine and everything, you just got to take it. 
take it one day at a time but you know the schedule you know you know i'm not really a, a big schedule guy i don't get like fired up about you the don't? schedule i i really don't <laughs> because I, I always feel like there's a lot that you know there's a lot that will happen from now until the start of the season so it's it's to like you know i i have fun with it um and you know i always right now i'm always gonna go go for that super bowl we're gonna we're gonna go to the super bowl just looking at the schedule um, but the, just the schedule in general, it gives me something, uh, gives fans in, in general, just, uh, a sense of hope, something to look forward to, yeah, man. uh, thinking, looking at the schedule, I'm like, yeah, man, these are games that hopefully I'll, I'll you know, be at the games. I don't, I don't know. I know what the tailgating situation is going to look like, but, uh, <laughs> just, just ho- hopefully that we're all hanging out, man, just soaking up these Eagles, uh, W's and just enjoying uh, the birds the best way that we know how. Oh, hell yeah. Absolutely. Evan Hollywood Hearn on a scale from Earl Thomas to 10. How's your week going? I'm I'm, I'm like Earl Thomas's brother right now. I'm just kind of flying under the radar, still having a good time. <laughs> I don't know, dude. You got stuck <laughs> up by knife point. Yeah. yeah. You know, I'm, I'm doing well. I mean, uh, I got a thick quarantine beard coming in. I'm trying to do my best uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick right now. It's really starting to it's, – it turns red. I, I've discovered that. The more I grow my beard out, the the more of a red beard I got going on. But uh, probably other, like other than just, other than just uh, you know, I'm sitting here. I've, I've been going through a little phase where I'm having late-night coffee because there's no reason to go to bed early. So that's that's me with my 9 o'clock, 9 o'clock cup of coffee right now looking over the schedule. So before, before we go any further, all right, into the Eagles, the Eagles' schedule, are fans going to even be allowed in the stadiums or not? Can we, can, can we address the news – that dropped this morning. Can we, can we just talk about this? Because, Gail, you got to help me out here, all right? You, on the drive up to Buffalo, taught me uh, at least about the boot-on-the-head culture that I was unaware of, okay? The Tims, yep. The, t- the Tims on the head, I was unaware that that was even a thing. Is, is the sibling smash a, a thing, or am I completely missing out on an experience? What Do, do people really do this? Uh, I've heard of the Eskimo Bros, uh, but the I think the uh, Thomas Brothers took it to another whole, whole another level. Uh, both of them are habitual line steppers, it seems to me. But I think uh, you know the thing. Is, the, I mean, the question I'm asking now. I mean, when Earl Thomas does go into the Hall of Fame, is his brother going to go in with him? Is the question <laughs> I'm asking myself. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, I I don't know what's going on there. Uh, uh, they, that's a that's a really weird story. Yo, if he if Earl Thomas for whatever reason doesn't get into the Hall of Fame based upon his play on the field, he should go into some sort of Hall of Fame just based upon the PR response that he had, which was basically <laughs> like, "Yo, these things happen. Pray for me. Pray for me. That, that's Hall of Fame like PR spin worthy. Pray pray for you." Like what? What are you talking about? I, I'm not a religious guy, but how exactly do you pray for Earl Thomas coming off of that? Not to, situation? not to mention, not to mention to suggest these types of things happen. Like to who? <laughs> to you and your brother. <laughs> so we I, listen on the request of Earl Thomas. I suggest that we all bow our head in prayer, uh, dear Heavenly Father. We ask you to please forgive of the indiscretions <laughs> of Earl Thomas and basically taking a giant dump over the sanctity of marriage which i know in the eyes of the lord is is, is very important kind of to a you. big deal kind of a big <laughs> deal to you because let's face it i mean my man was 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 swimming in it i mean he was yeah. practically doing the backstroke and uh I uh, mean, can uh, we can we say that we we won the draft pick uh debate brandon graham greater than earl thomas now 
without a doubt. That, yeah. okay. that's, that's we got the right guy. We got the Donovan. right guy. Fellas, let's just all learn a lesson here from Earl Thomas. It doesn't matter who you are or how much money you make. It's all fun and games until she shows up with her girls in a Glock. Okay? <laughs> so treat your ladies right. Try to do the right things. And for the love of God, keep your brother out of the bedroom because that shit is just beyond weird. Beyond weird. But let's I thought talk- you I thought you were going to say the lesson learned here is that we have to turn off our location services. <laughs> or or that. But let's all right, let's 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 talk about the Eagles and the 2020 season and before we 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 dive into the schedule. Because it's a two-part thing. Yes, we're happy to see the schedule was released. We're happy to talk about Eagles football. But realistically, I got asked on the timeline up and down do you think fans will be allowed into the stadium? Because that's a whole other animal. That's a whole other question that we're going to – there's a lot that can change from now until the beginning of the season, right? Because there, a lot has changed since we were just announcing our partnership with the 102.5 Fox, the gambler, yeah. uh, you know, back in – what was that, February mm-hmm. to now. And it seems like maybe there's a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel with the states sort of doing these soft – Openings up, granted, Gail, you and I, North Jersey, that's not happening anytime soon. But the question remains, are fans going to be allowed to attend the games or not? And if not, what does fanless football even look like in 2020? Gail? I'm at at the moment right now, I I don't, I just don't see how it's going to happen. It's going to be, you know, are they going to have, like, if you do six feet, like, how many seats apart is that from each other like you do like what seven what six seven seats and then like how are you gonna how are you gonna split the fans up and say you know like you get this you get four home games and the other half get this four home games and you split the fans up and in seats i don't know it's crazy i i just you know it's it's really a big question mark when you think about it yeah, I think it's going to be a bizarre thing to see. I think it's going to be necessary considering, you know, obviously the number one thing you want to do is protect everybody's health. You don't want to sure. you don't want to risk going to a football game and end up with a uh, you know, a life-threatening illness. That's that's obviously the number one concern. But uh it's going to be a major adjustment. Does the NFL take a page out of Atlanta's playbook and uh pipe in sound? I don't know. It's going to be weird. Uh like <laughs> the, like I I think the whole aspect of I think this is going to open up a whole new realm of like listening to what players are saying on the side the sideline, you know, using you could, you're going to be able to hear all different sorts of uh, aspects of the play now that you were never able to hear before because of all the fan volume. Um, it's going to be an interesting thing to see. I, I really don't know whether it's going to be uh, better or worse viewer, viewing experience. I'm assuming worse right now, but like like the things I just listed, it could end up being something that uh, opens up a new door. Yeah, I don't know if listening in on everything that's being discussed or shouted on a football field is necessarily a good thing. Now, granted, everybody fell in love with it with the XFL, you know, being able to talk to the players. As the mic'd players up are, as well. Yeah, the, the mic'd up and everything. But if all or nothing documentary taught us anything, it's that uh, probably Brandon Graham and all his shit talking that he's doing on the field, yeah, you don't want to be able to pick that up on Fox mics as yeah. it's going live. There's going to be a lot of dumps in audio when it comes to that. It is an interesting question, and I don't know where I stand on it. 
or what's going to happen? Because you guys know me, football is a part of my life. It's how I was raised going to these games. It's it's part of my fabric of who I am. It's part of my family's culture. It's what we do. We our watches are set the football season. We go to games. We're a foot we're a football family. I do see it as rather unconscionable by the NFL to have that many people packed into one place, a football stadium, on a Sunday when anybody that knows anything about this COVID-19 or infectious diseases, and I am certainly not claiming to be one of them, but if you listen to the people who do know about them, everybody anticipates another go around with this COVID-19, another big spike, another big peak in this thing as flu season starts. Well, what is flu? Flu season is smack dab in the middle of football season, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. So everyone's getting their shot. Every, everyone's getting prepared for flu season. And are, how are you going to allow that many people and listen, we've been to the tailgates. We know that, you know, the the personal hygiene of some people aren't exactly up to normal standards, let alone during a, during a pandemic, right? So how, how are you going to pack that many people? All of a sudden, does, that, does it become a liability thing? 100%. You're going to have to, you're gonna have to like sign a waiver or some, some kind of shit. Like, I mean, it's, yeah. that's the weird part. Like, think of the whole part of, like, going to a game and high-fiving the man next to you or – bro hugging or like just you know just the camaraderie part of mm-hmm. like um going to a football game and or enjoying with your family or or making new friends like you, you can't have or like you can you high five anymore i mean is that acceptable or everyone's got gloves on like everyone's got a mask on in the middle of like the, the, the beginning of the season when it's super hot are you gonna wear a mask oh when it's kind of heat oh can you believe God. that I mean, I, I probably could. Uh, I know a lot of people that probably could not. They're going to have to stay their asses at home. It, it, it's There's a lot of things at play here, and that I yeah. certainly believe that the NFL is discussing all options. And again, this thing could we could be living in a different world come September than we were than we are living in right now, because even right now we're living in a different world than we were three months ago. Mm-hmm. So, so all of this stuff can change. What's going to have to happen with the NFL is, number one, they're going to have to have a universal policy as far as stadium attendance goes. Because let's say states that, you know, are a, a little looser on restrictions or a state like Florida who just doesn't give a shit and inve- invented the term not giving a shit. They host, they have three teams. You can't have people in Florida packing in stadiums to go see Tom Brady. Miami, well, nobody's packing the Miami Hard Rock Stadium, let's let's be honest here, or even Jacksonville. So their, their crowds are light to begin with. But you can't have more fans in those stadiums than, let's say, MetLife Stadium in New York, which is basically, as Gail will tell you, because he lives close there, as do I, you know, that you're talking close to ground zero there. You can't have MetLife Stadium for the New York Jets empty and the Miami Dolphins Stadium half-filled with half-assed fans. You just, you, just, you just can't do that. You can't have Dallas uh, AT&T Stadium filled to capacity with 100,000 
Dallas fans, 100,000 cockroaches, which is his own health concern to begin with, and then Lincoln <laughs> Financial Field not have any fans at all, that there's a competitive advantage aspect to that as far as home field advantage is concerned. So you're going to have to have a wide-sweeping, universal policy agreed on by all 32 NFL teams that if they're going to allow fans in, it has to be at X capacity, 40% capacity, 50% capacity. And then if you're going to allow that, who gets in and who doesn't? Like, how do you do you decide that on a team by team basis? Is that like a hey, the season ticket holders uh, can go in, and we're going to space out the seats? Uh, you know, everyone's going to seat, you know, uh, uh, three seats apart, three rows yeah. down, three. Like, how exactly do you work that? Who who gets in and who doesn't? I can yeah. see it being like a uh, a Hunger Game situation where oh, uh, <laughs> I from the Saunders family. Will represent the Eagles. You section two ten. Like it's gonna be some crazy stuff like that. Yeah. But like it's gonna be like like say I know I know your whole family goes like so. What if like half your family um has has to stay home? How, how does that work out? I <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah. hold on. These are Time tough, out. tough questions we're going to have to have. I hope they don't listen to this podcast because I'm <laughs> telling you right now, I will duct tape Frankie to the toilet to make sure that he doesn't go to the game. If if we if we got it, he's he's getting the short end of the straw either way you look at this thing. I'm yeah. I'm go- I, and that's the other thing that I wrestle with. So it's it's bred in me to be an Eagles fan to attend the games. That's how I was brought up. Am I doing the socially responsible thing by going to a game? Am I doing this socially? Like, I'm asking myself I, th- I think uh, it's all under your own discretion. Like, um, you know, you, you know your body. You know what's good for you. If you believe that you can, uh, you know, stay responsible, keep yourself protected, I think that's all under your own discretion. I but, think but that isn't it's going to be totally point? necessary for teams to have a quota, or not a quota, but like a maximum number of attendees. I think that, um, you know, the season ticket holders will get the first stab at that. But um, yeah, that, and this opens up another thing that like we have been fortunate enough to be able to go on away games uh, in the past few seasons. And, um, you know, if it's just going to be season ticket holders, that really leaves, you know, um, away games are going to are going to be tough to pull. I know. I, I, yeah. I When the schedule came out, I'm already pulling the trigger, telling people what games we're going to fourth and John is going to be attending, what the fourth and John NFL World Tour is going to look like in 2020. And it's of course, it's going to be Washington week one. Of course, it's going to be at the New York Giants. It's too easy to get there. Hey, Cleveland's within driving distance. We did that. We all piled into a van when Brian Dawkins went into the Hall of Fame. Hell, I'll make that trip again. Pittsburgh's on the way. Okay, there's four right there. We'll see what else happens. And then all of a sudden, I catch myself. Somebody tweets at me if fans are even allowed, and I'm like, "Oh shit, that's a bugger." Yeah, and those fans at those at those uh, you know part of those fan bases are going to get the first crack at that. They're not gonna they're not gonna give tickets away to away team uh, opposing teams fans first. And 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 that and then and then it goes right back. Like it's it's am I doing the socially responsible thing by going to? I want to. It's going to take everything in my power not to go. But but also too, if if you look at it from a league standpoint, Gail mentioned waivers. Like there's a liability issue here. That's why all those casinos in Las Vegas are empty. 
Because they've got insurance. They don't got that much insurance where if everyone gets contracts COVID and sues the Eagles because, hey, I got, you know, I went to your game. I got the COVID. You should have had better policy. All of a sudden, it becomes a liability thing. Yeah. yeah. The other thing is, like, if you know, if you have parents uh, that are that are older, you know, my dad's in his 80s. Like, it's kind of like for me to go to a game, like, I don't know how, you know, like how responsible that is. I'd usually take care of them on the weekends. And for now, my brother's taking care of my dad, so it's kind of like, and I'm being isolated, but it's like, when we're out of this quarantine, I'm kind of like thinking, like, is it, like like you said, is it responsible for me to be in a situation? You know, it's like, damn, my love of the birds, it's like, you got to choose. And another point to raise is, uh, the older coaches and older coaches in the league, like, yeah. to be in the locker room, uh, you know. Older staff that, in general. Yeah, I mean, if you're you're like a Andy Reid or like a, a Pete, Carroll, Pete Carroll, guys that are in their you know seventies, late sixties, you know your your immune system can be um, in jeopardy when being around all these these guys and in the locker room. I mean, I mean, how does that play out? I mean, or if a guy has um, COVID nineteen, he's like, is the uh, injury report? Oh, he's out with the uh, COVID. He's going to be uh, out for the next two weeks. Yeah, like, how does that work? And, and just just to just to drive this point home, how delicate this situation is, and how socially, like again, Dagel, you were talking about your father, and you know my 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 parents are healthy, but you know they're not they're not they're not young. So, and I have a young children as well. One of them's prone to respiratory infections, so. I have a social responsibility to keep my family safe because, because Evan, going back to what you said, I know, sure, I know my body, and sure, I'm a healthy, not 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 young, but I'm 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 a healthy, thirty-eight year old man. Mm-hmm. But it's not about me; it's about protecting others. Just to drive home the point of how serious this is, I got a tweet from uh, Chai Mike twenty six three days ago, a game day staff coworker of mine at the Eagles, passed away over the weekend from COVID-19. His name was Jerry Baker. So here you, and, and when he tweeted me, I recognized the guy from the photo. Being at the stadium so much, I've recognized this guy. I've talked to this guy. He's been around forever. And here's a here's a member of the Eagles game. My man James Ebo, I, I texted him and asked me to check in on, on, on Big Walt. Gail, you know Big Walt at the, uh, yep. at the top of Section 111. I'm mm-hmm. like, make sure you check on Walt for me because I'm forbid I go to the stadium and Walt's not there. I'm going to be heartbroken. So, again, there's a lot of moving parts to this thing. A yeah. lot of moving parts to this. And thing. I, I, th- I think there's another aspect that, uh, like, you, you talked about the coaches being at risk, you know, the, the older age ones. There's also, like, a responsibility among these players to keep themselves, um, you know, put themselves in, in as little risk as possible. I mean, we saw with Zeke and, and Dak, them throwing a party. During, like, to do things like that, especially during the season when you're going to be, uh, you know, exchanging uh, body contact with a bunch of other people all over the league. Like, there's, there's like, a kind of an unwritten responsibility that these guys kind of really have to abide by these um, these guidelines to a T. Speaking of engaging body contact, that Earl Thomas guy, man. How about yeah, how about him? <laughs> <laughs> love it, love it. Listen, if there's not going to be fans allowed in into NFL stadiums, because, again, it has to be a blanket uniform policy 
the NFL stands to lose out on millions. But again, how much is millions worth in concession sales and ticket sales and parking revenue, so on and so forth? How much is that worth versus the liability of we, we talk about flattening the curve all the time. That's become a buzz term, flattening the curve. Yeah. What if the NFL is doing their part to spike the curve? That's not a good look. on the, That's just socially irresponsible. So uh, it's going to be weird if there's no fans in the stands. It's going to be hopefully a temporary one-off year thing. But I'd rather have weird football than no football whatsoever. 100%. 100%. I'm dying for any sort of sporting activity right now. And if they if they cancel the NFL season, man, I don't I don't I'm not even going to say it. I, I did, but I don't want to speak into existence. So and I don't and I and I don't think they will. I don't think that's the other part of the money aspect of it. There were millions of dollars in TV revenue, commercial yep. ads, merchandise sales, you name it that could hold over these billionaire owners for one season while they, while they don't have fans in the stands. I'm completely torn on this situation. Yeah. I'm like I I'm hesitant to give a take right here right now because this is such a moving target. This is such a evol- ever evolving almost daily sort of thing that come and, September we might be in the clear. I mean, you guys, you guys, but you got to think the ratings, the ratings would be like sky high. I mean like Oh my god. You know, fans would be like ecstatic for like I mean what they had what 55 million people that watched the draft. I mean just imagine People will be more invested, um, especially if we're still kind of like kept kept inside and, and, yeah. and you know during yeah, the football season. That's a good point. Season. I mean, if there's no one in the in the stands, but like we're still on, God forbid, if we're still on some sort of quarantine that you know that late, um, oh, like God. I think that the rate the TV ratings themselves would be through the roof. I mean, you look at the draft; that was like you said. And 55 million people watching a draft like that, that's unprecedented with previous years with big time football fans yeah but like people are just looking for stuff to watch here's the good news we got a football schedule to talk about I got yeah we, we may not be there to see it <laughs> but we got a football schedule to talk about so let's let's do it let's dive into it. the eagles 2020 schedule came out today finally we knew about the opponents now we get to sink our teeth in on the schedule and for those loyal listeners of fourth and john you know exactly how i break down a schedule number one when's the home opener usually for tailgate purposes but we'll put that one to the side number two where's the bye week uh we'll get there number three where's dallas and number four i break this thing down in the quads right four game quads so let's go over it, and then let's sort of dissect exactly how this schedule shakes out for the Philadelphia Eagles. Is it favorable? Are there certain hard points? What's November look like? Because you know I'm a big stickler on November. Leads you to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Week 1 at Washington, 1 p.m. I know there's a lot of people talking about, hey, remember the last time we played the Washington Redskins for the home opener in their dump of a stadium? We won the Super Bowl. Uh, I like the fact that it's the first opponent is an NFC East opponent that tells me that the uh, the league has zero intention of delaying this thing, pushing this thing back. I know there was a lot of rumors about maybe all the divisional games would be at the ass end of the schedule in case, you know, it really hit the fan and they had to have an abbreviated schedule. But week one, cookie, cookie game against the Washington Redskins. Gail, who knows, maybe you and I will be celebrating down there again. Yeah, you know, I would love to be in the dream seats again, uh, speaking things into existence as they jump in our laps. But uh, with the social distancing, that that probably won't happen. Um, 
I, I think, you know, on paper, you you have to say uh, we, we get that dub. I mean, as, as long as this team is – I mean, you could, I could go through this whole schedule and say the same exact – if healthy. Like, this, if this squad is healthy, they're going to have a lethal offensive attack. And I, I feel like uh, – you know, I, I think, uh, you know, the Redskins did do some things in, in the offseason. Uh, they, they got a new pass rusher off the edge. I mean – uh, the number two overall pick, he he's gonna be uh, he's gonna be solid, and you know, you know, I, I just feel like it's an, it's an opportunity to catch a dub in week one, start the season off right. Oh, absolutely, and I and I say and I say cookie game, but I use that loosely. You're absolutely right with the pass rusher. They got a brand new coach in Ron Rivera, who I've gone on record and said it was probably the best decision the Washington Redskins could have possibly made, bringing him in as head coach. Somebody with some credibility, somebody that players won't look at as a joke, somebody who won't be outside of a bar at 2 a.m. trying to hit on some sorority chick smoking smoking a doobie. Um, So he brings a lot of credibility. Here's the downside to it. What's the offseason look like? Like how much time do you have to implement these offensive and defensive systems you can only do so much via zoom meeting you can only do so much via you know tablet and stay at home you know kind of going over the playbook how much time are they going to have to up uh, implement the system i like the coaching hire by the washington redskins what are they going to look like week one I, you know eagles got a favorable matchup in that in that sort of scenario there week two at home los angeles rams first time we're seeing the rams at home in a, yeah, it's been a minute. Yeah, it's been a minute. One p.m. Yeah. game, Gail. Your thoughts on that one? You know, I think the the Rams are uh, you know trying to piece back their team together. You know, they lost some 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 uh, some players, um, some skilled players, and uh, you know they do have a guy that we like in Jalen Ramsey uh, there. But yeah. I, I think uh, <laughs> you know they're putting their team back together, trying to get that cap right. Uh, but again, I, I, you know that's a that's a good opportunity to catch uh, a dub there. Um, I'm not scared of the Rams. I think they, you know, they they have some talent there. But I, I feel like, again, if this team is explosive like the way I think they should be. Uh, we're two and zero. Oh, Gail's already given out predictions. I I, I love it. The, the Rams is just a a funny story when you t- take a look at it. I mean, in one year. McVay is, you know, the boy genius. This Rams offense looks absolutely unstoppable. The second coming of the greatest show on turf. They go completely all in, signing high-priced veteran free agents. They go all in. Granted, they make it to the Super Bowl and then make complete asses of themselves and then have to dismantle the whole thing. Like, they're in rebuild mode. It seems like just yesterday they were in bulk-up mode. And they just—I've never seen a team like go all in and completely whiff the way the Rams did. Yeah, yeah, they're definitely a team on the decline, which is why I'm glad that we're uh, we're catching them on a uh, in an early week like that and give us get us out to a hot start with Washington and LA. Week three, the Joe Burrow show comes to town. Cincinnati Bengals, one p.m. at Lincoln Financial Field, second home game in a row. I like that. Uh, imagine if Car- if Carson Wentz comes to that game dressed as Carol Baskin. Just imagine. <laughs> <laughs> yo, did you see the? He's Eagle- ready to kill some tigers. Yo, did, yo, did you see the uh, schedule released by the Philadelphia Eagles social media team? Uh, I did not. I happened to catch the Panthers though. The, the video that they put together was really. Che- cool. Check out the Eagles, Eagles one because they they do make a Tiger King reference. 
Oh, okay. Nice. It's like swoops going through Netflix, and every show has a connection with like the city, like Baltimore. They go through the wire and stuff like that. But gotcha. When it's Cincinnati, it is uh, Joe Exotic there singing about his Tiger song. <laughs> it was it was very well done, Eagles. I like nice. I like the schedule release video. Very well done. Week four at Frisco, uh, last year's NFC champions. It is an eight twenty Sunday night football game. That's going to be a tough one. On the road, Sunday night football, early on in the season against San Francisco, who I'm sure is going to be wanting to avenge that uh, Super Bowl loss. Gail, your thoughts? You know, I, I think I think our team matches up well with the, uh, the 49ers. Uh, they, you know, they have a solid defense. Uh, I think we have a solid defense, but when, you, when it comes down to it, you know, if you're looking at their offense versus our offense, you know uh, – <laughs> we got a shot to be 4-0. Oh, oh. Listen, if you, um, if you can stop the run, I think it's a winnable game. You know, I mean, Garoppolo is not, it's, you know, at the end of the day, he's not scaring me um, like the quarterbacks at the end of the season are. are. But I, I think, uh, you know, they ma- I think they match up well. Against, we match up well against them. Um, so, I mean, if you're looking at the four games, uh, I mean, that's a, that's a, you know, that I think that's the part of the season or the quarter of the season uh, that you're talking about, like you, you can take control and get maybe five dubs in a row. Yeah, so, so the first or block, first four, four weeks, one, four and one wins, at least. Huh? Yeah, I mean, I mean the first four weeks, I like to look at it like blocks. At Washington versus the Rams at home versus Cincinnati at home at San Francisco, kind of a prove-it game. You've got that first little quadrant there. Uh, you know, there's some teams obviously that are going to be difficult. Some teams that are, you know, in the Cincinnati Bengals, the Washington Redskins, that are kind of in build-up mode. The Los Angeles Rams in dismantle mode, and the San Francisco 49ers, who are no doubt going to be a tough matchup. Two home games, two away games, one prime time game. I, I think absolutely the Eagles have the opportunity here to get off to a hot start, to start building momentum early on in the season. Start stacking some dubs, and especially against that San Francisco and that San Francisco Sunday Night Football game. That's going to be where you look at the previous three games and you go, "Okay, who are the Eagles? Washington, the Redskins. Eh, it's the Redskins. Rams. Eh, they're not what they used to be. Cincinnati. Eh, rookie quarter. San Francisco is going to tell you who this team is. They're going to test their metal. They're going to see. They're going to. They're going to challenge their testicular fortitude, if you will. Yeah. You're going to have a good idea." of what who the Eagles are coming off of that San Francisco 49ers game. Going into week five at Pittsburgh Steelers, 1 p.m. game. Another tough game uh, against another tough defense. Uh, cross-state, you know, the Keystone rivalry. Granted, it isn't the Flyers and the Penguins, but it's the Eagles and the Steelers. Gales, you thought on this game? Uh, you know, I, I, think, I think the Steelers, man, um, again, I think they're, they're still getting their team – you know, back on track. Um, you know, I, I'm not afraid of the Steelers. <laughs> Five and zero. Oh. Yeah, people are people are probably listening. Like, does does it doesn't he pick the team to go to undefeated every year? I'm like, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's we're right. having we're having fun with it, people. Yeah, th- that's why I'm not giving any season predictions. Number one, it's 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 way too fucking early to be start giving out season predictions. We don't even know what's happening with the season, right? We don't ha- we don't have it like in stone what exactly is happening with the season. There's a lot that can change. Not only for, forget the pandemic, forget the pandemic for a second. There's a lot that can change 
just in training camp, training camp injuries alone. We could take a look at this schedule now and feel completely different about it when we take a look at it in September. And trust me, we will feel completely different about it when we take a look at it in December. You know, so a lot, a lot is going to change. Mm-hmm. But that's, uh, you know, that that's why I'm not going to give any predictions right now. But uh, Gail, I, you know, it wouldn't be a schedule release. It wouldn't be an Eagles offseason. You didn't have him going 16 and 0. If if Gail didn't have him going 16 and 0. <laughs> so Gail, you, you're right that's on true. brand, and I appreciate I'm, that. I'm I mean, sure. we we I I don't like to put that, you know, that uh the bad vibes. Uh, it's all, all about fairness. the vibes. We're going to put out the positive vibes right now. Gail, in Gail. all fairness, I quickly went through it, and I got 5-0 and o to start out the season as well. It's, oh, my God. I'm stacked up against the two of you. Not to say that the Eagles are going to lose any games or, you know, not, not go 5-0. and o. I'm just – can I – since it's just a straight, can I can I divulge something to you? Can I, can I be honest for a please, second? Please, please. I'm sick of gassing this fucking team up. You know what I mean? For, for yeah. Going into the 2017 season, I wasn't expecting shit from that team. I thought they had a good offseason. I thought they had a better offseason than any team in the NFC East. But for the following two years after winning a Super Bowl, all I did was gas this team up. Oh, we got Michael Bennett. Oh, there's a better team than, than it was when we won the Super Bowl. Oh, look who we got this year. It's going to be a better you – know, I'm, I'm, I'm like I'm sick of gassing them up and then being disappointed. I want to go back to the days where I don't – I didn't have any expectations. Yeah, I think I'm going I'm going into the season, you know, that's – I'm not really – like because, like, I, I keep saying to myself, if healthy, if healthy, if healthy. Like, last, last season I was, like, super hyped. Now it's just, like – at the end of the day, like if this team isn't healthy, like I, this offense doesn't get it together, like you don't have skill position position players that um, that are healthy, uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be a tough one. It's gonna be. I, th- uh, I think I, w- I was just saying that I think that uh, you know the years after that Super Bowl was just really put into perspective how hard it really is oh to my get God. there. And just like you know, we, we I don't want to say that we had a uh, we had. Just the right roster. Like I remember during that year, like everybody felt that feeling. Everybody remembers what that feeling felt like. We're like, man, this is just this isn't the normal Eagles I'm used to seeing. This team plays with a different energy. This team, mm-hmm. every single person in every single roster position, just shows out every week. And um, yeah, I think that we we got we we got to experience that and then the following seasons we were expecting the same sort of result with uh you know a very similar roster but it's a lot harder than than it seems man it does go to prove that it's hard to get there it's hard to win one it's even harder to go back it also goes to prove that we as eagles fans and listen i am i am amongst you and i am one of you and i am just as guilty as this we don't know how to fucking act <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I mean, after the Super Bowl, we were already talking dynasty. We were already talking <laughs> repeat. We were already talking about new norm. And our fucking head coach was up there talking about new norm. This is our new norm. Doug, the balls on. In hindsight, the balls on you. Who the hell are you to talk about new norms? Like we're gonna be doing. It's hard to get there. It's hard to win. It's incredibly difficult to go back. So, uh, Mia Copa, yeah, I'm done gassing up this team. Long story short. Gail, you eating? I can hear you eating. No, I'm not yeah, eating. It sounded like you were shuffling cards there. <laughs> what are you talking about here? Uh, yeah, I'm, same same with you. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not gassing them up. No, I'm taking. Gail, I'm ta- taking it. Gail's expectations result in you know higher uh, higher accomplishments. The only thing is, I you know I just try not to speak things because they then they happen and then you 
and you ask yourself like months down the road like why did this happen and then you get Gale face like I get you know? Gale face all the fucking time because <laughs> I spoke that shit into existence oh that drives yeah. me absolutely bananas week six uh, at home Gale put down the fucking chips dude <laughs> you're fucking killing me dog <laughs> <laughs> crinkle, I, just crinkle. Moved, I just I just moved the bag. Is you know, I, I can hear at, if you fart, I can hear it. So so tighten up your asshole. All right, moving on. Week six versus Baltimore at home. Big trust comes to town, and the Baltimore Ravens also the guy that passed up the Eagles' offensive coordinator position and James Urban. Don't think I forgot about that. But a very potent Baltimore Ravens run-heavy offense, a very potent defense, a very big test for the Philadelphia Eagles 1 p.m. game, but at Lincoln Financial Field after coming off of back-to-back road games. Gail, what do you think about this one? Now, I think this is where uh, shit gets real. Uh, I think you, the Ravens, you know, they did a, a tremendous job building that team. I think they got a, a solid run game. They could just picked up J.K. Dobbins, have Mark, Mark Ingram back. Um, yeah, Marquise Brown, uh, and l- last but not least, Lamar Jackson. That offense is you know firing at all cylinders. Uh, who they bring off the edge? Um, Calais, Calais Campbell. I mean, they've added pieces to that defense. Um, and they're 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 a well coached team at the end of the day. So I think um, that could be that could be one of the first L's in my book. Oh, oh well, listen, hey everybody, timestamp this. If you're listening on iTunes, make sure you put it in the reviews that this deep into the podcast, Gail Saunders actually gave the Eagles an L. It, it, it has to be noted. It has to be noted. But just because he took, he took an L now, they're going to win that game. They're going to win. The thing I'm looking forward to most about this game is that I know Jimmy's Famous Seafood is bringing his caravan, his food truck, and all the Ravens fans up here. And while I don't want to see a lot of purple in that stadium, if there is even fans allowed in that stadium, I think I might be willing to give the uh, the Ravens fans a pass in exchange for some crab cakes. The crab cakes are making yeah, the way allow. north. Unfortunately, this time there won't be anybody to go steal them. <laughs> which, <laughs> which I am still... Hey, you learned your lesson last year, man. You got you to gotta get front and center in line there, man. Yeah, yeah I mean, who, who was the raccoon hands that got into that box? Because... I was like, "Are you are you for real?" I thought it was. The, I thought we were getting punked. Nah, dude. <laughs> I was talking. To Eagle, the Eagles president Don Smolinski stopped by, and by the time I turned around speaking with him, there was nothing but empty trays and lemons on the ground. I went, "What the hell happened?" That, that was foul, dude. That was. I'm yeah. still upset. I, I, I still. I am going. You know who you were. You are out there, and I am still holding a grudge that I didn't get a single Jimmy's famous seafood crab cake. Mm. Mm-mm-mm. Disgraceful. Week seven. Now we're talking NFC East. Oh, now, you, you, Gail, you previously said things start getting real. When you start talking NFC East, that's when things get real. Not to say that the Giants coming to town are a real challenge, but we got Thursday night football against the New York Giants, week seven. A uh, little bit of a short week coming off the yeah. Baltimore Ravens. That's okay. You want to do it against an opponent like the New York Giants. Evan, what do you think about this one? Everything you just said kind of scares me that it could be a trap game, man. Coming really? off a short week. I, I was waiting for you to say that. Yeah. I, 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 could just, I, I mean, I can tell it in the tone of your voice now. What was that? I can tell your uh, trap tone voice. 
Yeah, I, I mean, dude, I, I'm, I'm just looking at it, and uh, there, there is another one down the schedule. But um, I mean, first of all, division games are always are always difficult. But second of all, what is another thing that you can always count on the Eagles to do every single season? That's lose a game they should have won. It happens every season. So, if I'm reading you correctly, you're pinning this as the Bobo game. Uh, I have actually two Bobo games. <laughs> this early on, and the schedule got, just got released, and Evan Hollywood hey, Hart is penciling the, in the, Bobo games. The schedule may have just got released against for a Danny new season, Dimes. but I've been watching this same Eagles team for over twenty years. I know how they operate. Yeah, listen, I, I feel they, you. They, but... They've been whooping up on the Giants for years, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's a new regime. It's, it's just what it is. I mean, they've been whooping a, up on them for years. No, new, new regime. I mean, that's what I'm talking. It's the same argument I made for the Redskins. I mean, you got Joe Judge, who has zero NFL head coaching experience. Granted, he's coming from the Bill Belichick tree, special teams guy, wide receivers guy. Okay, that's all fine, well, and good. Zero head coaching experience. So that guy's on the sideline. It's a new regime, but it's also an old regime. Because you got Jason Garrett, that red-headed clapping idiot who we've had to watch in Dallas. So we should know everything that this offense is all about, just judging by what he did down in Dallas. And if the guy can't figure out how to use Ezekiel Elliott, what the hell makes you think he's going to figure out how to use Saquon Barkley? So, I mean, there's there's a lot of question marks out there for the New York Giants, including is Danny Dimes actually the guy? I w- Eli Manning performed better against the Philadelphia Eagles that Danny Dimes did. I was more scared of a washed, aging, about-to-retire Eli Manning than I was Danny Dimes. I can't see this as being the Bobo game. Short week or not, I, this that spells nothing Bobo to me. And in, in all fairness, to respond to what you just said, was Doug Peterson ever an NFL head coach prior to being an Eagles coach? Listen, man. Two was Listen, Carson man. Wentz's. Did he light the season on fire? His open his rookie season. Listen, man. Just saying. Hey, did you hear that flush? Uh, I think uh, someone's asking you to uh, join them in the bathroom. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, put him, put him in the bathroom. Put him in the bathroom. Get him out of here. I, I wish there was a way to mute this mic. Just uh, trying to keep it real. I hear you. I hear you. So, but here's the good news. All right, we talk about short week and how that might be a bobo game. Next up is Dallas. Week 8, at home, Lincoln Financial Field. Again, when I break down the schedule, I'm looking up and down the schedule. Where's the bye week? Where is Dallas? Well, it just so happens that boom, boom, we get them right back-to-back. Dallas Cowboys Sunday night football after coming off of a Thursday night football. So for those of you keeping score at home, everybody knows the Thursday night football is like a mini bye week. You couldn't stretch this thing any further unless it was Monday night football. So the Eagles, in essence, are getting a mini bye week to play the most important opponent within the division, and that is the Dallas Cowboys before their bye. Oh, yeah, by the way, it's at home at Lincoln Financial Field. This one right here, boys and girls, I want you to circle this game. I want you to underline this game. Because where I, as I said, against the San Francisco 49ers, that's going to be the first opportunity for the Philadelphia Eagles to prove to the nation exactly what they are, prove their mettle, prove their testicular fortitude. This right here is the game that's going to set the tone for the rest of the season. Agreed. I agree. I mean, I'm just hoping they have a a, a vaccine by then, because I, I this is this you need the home crowd to get 
in full force for these t- type of games against a, a rival opponent. Um, you know, and if, if it's going to be some kind of ASMR set set up where, <laughs> you know, you know, this is the, you know, like this is not a rivalry without the fans. So to think about this game without the fans, uh, I mean, we were all there for that uh, Eagles Cowboys game to send them uh, away, uh, packing away. I mean, that was amazing. Just that intensity. Uh, so, I, you know, I, I feel like the Eagles at home are, you know, yeah, they catch a dub here. Da- Dallas week is truly like a holiday in itself. And that, that's what like, that's what is really going to be lacking on game days is that like the fans, if there's no fans in the stadium, like, like I know with or without fans, this NFL season that between week seven, and week eight Eagles fans are going to be just as hungry and going as crazy as possible all leading up to the Dallas game. Like that's, that's the one that we look forward to every year. So, Gail, you mentioned, you know, the Eagles fans and they're needing to be a vaccine because we absolutely need to be in that stadium. Evan, you talked about Dallas week being a holiday. I know that all too well. It was it was practically the week leading up to the Dallas game was a holiday in my household for as long as I can remember. Mm-hmm. If the season goes forward without fans in the stands, I just thought about this on the fly. We need to organize some sort of I don't want to say protest because that has a negative connotation to it, but we all need to do something where we are outside, lawfully outside of Lincoln Financial Field, and every time Dak Prescott hits the field with that Dallas Cowboys offense, just boo the shit. Even if we're outside (laughs) of the stadium, just if they heard the slightest murmur of a boo the entire time they were on the field coming from outside the stadium, I think it's fourth and John's responsibility to organize some sort of fan gathering where we're all six feet apart wearing masks but with (laughs) megaphones outside of the stadium just booing the shit. It's not a football season without booing the Dallas Cowboys. I can't imagine one. I mean, instead of a prayer circle, we could have a boo circle. Boo circle. We'll have our hands six feet out apart and, you know, everyone will be distant. Social distance uh, booing collectively. That's... It'd be a nice little scene outside. I mean, we, though, yeah, we might know. have people like pull over on ninety five so they can get you know they can boo <laughs> directly into that entrance. You know what I mean? That open yeah. entrance of the stadium. So I'm all for it. It's bringing a tear to my eye just thinking about it. Honestly, uh, after the Dallas Cowboys Week Nine bye, uh, I don't think you could ask for any better bye week than Week Nine. You play eight games, you take a rest, yep. you play eight games. You just have one of the most important games of the seasons in the Dallas Cowboys coming off of a little mini buy against the New York Giants. Week nine buy, it's my favorite buy of the entire city. The football gods have once again smiled upon the city of Philadelphia and given the Eagles a favorable buy. Um, any thoughts? It's a, it, yeah, it's beautiful. Right in the middle of the season, all the guys can uh, refresh and then just turn the page to the second half of the season. And no Bobo game for you? Is this your double bubble? What the bye? Yeah, we we lose the bye week. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of the bobo, uh, week ten at New York Giants MetLife Stadium. God willing, uh, you know the entire crew will be up there as we've made a habit of doing over the last what five six years now. One p.m. game, New York Giants. Uh, I'm assuming the same argument stands. We're we're all gonna kind of chalk this up as a dub. Yes. Yep. Yes. 
Week 11 at the Cleveland Browns, 1 p.m. I'm going to go out on a limb here, Evan, and say this is your second Bobo game. This is not. This is not the second Bobo game, really? No, okay. sir. All right, your thoughts on this one? I like it. I, th- I think the Browns are a team that just continually lives in the basement of the NFL. Um, I don't see that. I didn't see them getting better last year. Everybody had them making this, uh, you know, huge run now that they got OBJ. I didn't see it. I don't see it th- uh, this coming year either. I think uh, they're going to be right at the bottom where they always are. Yeah, I mean, I feel I feel confident that they're going to they're going to take out the Browns. Um, you know, at the end of the day. You know, our team stacks up pretty well against them. Um, I know they're going to be at home, but um, I think we got that dub. Week 12 versus Seattle at home, Monday night football. Now, here's an interesting little tidbit, because before jumping on this show, I did take a look at all of our opponent's schedule schedules. And at no point during this season... Are we catching any team coming off of their bye week? So that's huge for the Philadelphia Eagles. No team coming off of their bye week. However, when we play the Seattle Seahawks on Monday Night Football, remember that little mini bye week that I was talking about between the New York Giants and the Dallas Cowboys? That's exactly what the Seattle Seahawks, they're coming off of uh, uh, Thursday Night Football, and now they're playing Monday Night Football, so they have an extended little mini-buy there. Seattle, for whatever reason, has just had our number. Russell Wilson, the estranged member of Howie Roseman's quarterback factory, when he had that vision back then of having Russell Wilson and Nick Foles, plays like a magician against this team. It doesn't matter whether it's out there in Seattle. It doesn't matter whether it's at Lincoln Financial Field. This game against the Seahawks, it doesn't matter. As long as Russell Wilson is at quarterback, I do not have the warm and fuzzies about this one. Uh, I, I'm, I'm going with the uh, – it's got to – one of these days, it's the law of averages. you, you got to catch a dub here. Uh, I mean, think about it. I mean, Carson was, like, out of that game. For what, mostly like three quarters, not even like three quarters and a half, and we still had a chance to win. Um, and they're at home, ASMR crowd or not. Um, <laughs> I think yes. I think we finally catch that dub. <laughs> we catch that dub, man. Fly, Eagles, fly. <laughs> Go golf clap. There's no Jadavian Clowney to fuck this up this year. <laughs> Josh McCown is Speaking of, yeah. where does he end up? Home. A lot of people are talking. A lot of people coming are, back? Uh, about what? About Jadavian Clowney. Oh, oh Jadavian Clowney. I thought you just said Josh McCown. Oh, my God. I thought you were talking about McCown. I was like, how many goddamn backup quarterbacks no, do no, we no, need? No. Holy so, all right, interesting question. While we're on the topic of the Seattle Seahawks and everything that happened last year during the playoffs, would that prevent you, would that sort of make you hesitate in signing, a, you know, still a free agent out there in clowning? I, 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 think I will he, I don't, my I, megaphone now to tell you no, it would not. No. Yeah, I mean, you, you catch him on a discount, you know, you know, I wouldn't mind. I think fans are, like, really butthurt about, like, it's the game of football. I mean, these things happen. Players say tons of things. 
uh, in the heat of the moment. And if he's getting yelled at by our Eagle fans the way we blow anyone's social media, of course, he's going to hate us. But when he's one of us, it's a different story. I mean, I just think about it. The last two times that Jadavian Clowney was in the link, at the link, he hurt quarterbacks. He hurt Nick Foles. He hurt Carson Wentz. That's the kind of guy you want hurting on the people's quarterbacks. I mean, at the end of the day. <laughs> he's on your team. He's not hurting your quarterbacks. I mean, he's, he's two for two uh, at hurting quarterbacks to Link. So. I, th- I think a lot of Eagles fans would come around the first time he uh, he sacks Dak, or a- and any quarterback for that matter. I mean, I, I think that well, a lot of people get hung up on what he said, but if he were to actually come here and be productive, their memories would be very short. I mean, if you could, if you could, if you could root on Demarco Murray uh, as the Eagles running back, I'm pretty sure you could root on Jadavian Clown. I saw something the other day that said that um, had he went the full length with his contract with the Eagles here, he would just be a free agent now. Ugh. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> Week 13 at the Green Bay Packers for the second year in a row, 425 nationally televised game. Uh, listen, the Packers, we all thought last year was going to be an L, catching them on Thursday night football on a short week, and the Eagles and Carson Wentz came out and made his absolute statement game against them. Uh, granted, there probably won't be any more Lambo leaps like Dallas Goddard going into the end zone uh, anymore. Come on, man. That's so depressing. Right. Well, listen, it is. We don't want Lambo leaps, but it's just, a, it's just a part of the game that would be missing. That's like. It's funny, though, because we, we opened up this show talking about, you know, how, how football life this year and hopefully only for this year is going to be different. And, uh, that's, and as we go through the schedule, we keep discovering new things that are going to be different, like booing the Dallas Cowboys. How are we supposed to boo the Dallas Cowboys if there's no fans in the stands? Lambeau Elite, there's another thing we didn't think of. That's going to be comp- – you don't want your players jumping in with those dirty-ass bratwurst-eating – Mouth-breathing Midwesterners. <laughs> it's disgusting. Got cheese all up in their beard. Yeah, come on. <laughs> Let's be honest. That's gross. That's gross. Thoughts on the game, fellas? No, I mean, uh, I think, uh, you know, last year Devontae Adams did get hurt. You know, he was a big uh, – him leaving the game did – He tore affect, us up in the first half. <laughs> he tore our, our defensive backs a new one. Uh, you know, I think it's that, that's a, that's a game that could be close. You know, and I think uh, you could potentially catch an L. Um, you know, so I mean, yeah, I mean that, that's going to be a tough one. All right, so again, you take this four-week post-bye week quad: New York Giants at Cleveland, Seattle at home, and at Green Bay. Granted, you're away three times; you're at home once. New York Giants and Cleveland Browns. Okay, they look like winnable games on paper as it stands. And as we sit right now, Seattle and Green Bay, they're going to be tough ones. You know how I feel about that month of November. The month of November sets you up for your playoff run. The Eagles can beat the Giants and the Cleveland Browns as they should, as they will be favored to do. And and by just odds... You got to beat Seattle sooner or later. You got to avenge that playoff loss. You got to get Carson's got to get his revenge. If you're able to beat Seattle and able to beat Green Bay, man, oh man, does that set you up for the rest of the playoff run? Knowing full well that you got hot exactly when you're supposed to get hot, and Seattle's going to be a contender for the playoffs. 
Green Bay, of course, is going to be contenders for the playoffs. If you can win in November, God, that puts you in a good spot. There's a couple good tests in there. This is the quad I'm looking forward to right here. Week 14. Ver <laughs> old friend. Old friend yeah. Malcolm Jenkins coming Telling back to secrets. town. Telling secrets. Telling secrets. Uh, New Orleans right here at 425 at home, Lincoln Financial Field. They are coming off of a three-game away game stretch. And if anybody knows how difficult that is, it is certainly the Philadelphia Eagles, who in 2019, remember that October, right? That October, they had a pretty brutal away game stretch against the Vikings, the Cowboys. Granted, we beat the Bills. We were up there to see it. We won that last third away game. But we had to go through, through some turmoil to get there. So we might be catching... New Orleans at exactly the right time at the ass end of a three-game away stretch. They're bye weeks in week six, so it's not like they have any sort of rest in sight. This might, where we were talking about Bobo games, this might be the game that I look at and I say, no, 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 no. This is the game where we flip the script and we actually upset probably a favorite in the NFC. When you take when you take a look at the schedule, right, you take a look at the AFC, who are the Super Bowl favorites in the AFC? There's two of them. That's it. Baltimore. Baltimore and Kansas City. That's yep. it. When you take a look at the NFC, pretty wide open, wouldn't you agree? Absolutely. So as we revisit the games before, the Los Angeles Rams, for better or for worse, they're going to be in the discussion. Uh, and in fact, if the playoff schedule allowed that team last year, it would have been the Rams that ended up in the playoffs. San Francisco, last year's NFC champions. Dallas Cowboys, who you know are going to be nipping at the heels of the Philadelphia Eagles. The Seattle Seahawks, who eliminated the Philadelphia Eagles in the playoffs. Green Bay, perennial playoff contenders. New Orleans, perennial playoff contenders. Like, this is, this is, this schedule is going to say a lot about this Philadelphia Eagles team. They're going up against the best that the NFC has to offer. And you were 100% right. This little stretch here, Seattle, Green Bay, New Orleans, is brutal. But holy shit, if you can win two out of the three, let alone three? Yeah. Man. Man. Does that set Does that set you? Not only does that set you up for the playoff run, which you're well into at this point, that sets you up. For the coveted number one seed, because think of it, you would have had yeah. the tiebreakers over a yeah, lot of heavy, a lot of heavy hitters in the NFC. A lot of them. You're getting hot. You're beating the right teams, and you're driving for that number one seed. I don't want to get ahead of myself. I don't want to gas up this team. I already said that. I don't want to gas up this right team. Now. I am gassing them up a little bit. That's all right. But if you can get through those three games, Evan, I found your Bobo game. Yeah, you did. I found your fucking Bobo game. Yep. Week 15 at uh -huh. Arizona, 4.05. Really, this is the one, huh? This is the Bobo game? Bobo game, yep. This is a, I mean, I, I think that this is going to be a different Cardinals team than we're used to seeing. Uh, Kyler Murray is going to be in year two. I, he won Rookie of the Year. He had a very productive season. Then you add in DeAndre Hopkins. You have Larry Fitzgerald, who is just timeless and is productive every season, no matter how old he is. Um, I think that they have a chance to uh, to make some noise this year. The Cardinals. They got some weapons out there, but again, I, I think I think they take this game. I think I think the Eagles should be on another level at this moment. If 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 everyone is healthy, this team should be 
on another level. I'm talking 30 burgers. Uh, the the the, the okay. great deciding factor that has seemed to plague the Eagles for the last the three seasons. Nah, it's the injuries, dude. Like yeah. here we are talking about Seattle, Green Bay, New Orleans, or oh, Arizona might be above. No, but no, if it, oh, that's right. If everybody's healthy, that's going to be the deciding factor in all of this. New medical staff, new season, <laughs> new year, new me. You know, you just you just hoping that by this point. We're not talking about – and by the way, I'll applaud both of you for not even bringing up the name yet. Nobody's, the name. nobody's mentioned it. Let's try to keep it that way, all right? Okay. Okay. The name. You know what name I'm talking about. It's a name that was mentioned the, 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 the last two podcasts. Practically took up all our time. I'll play along with it. My memory's shut. Dude, quarantine, <laughs> quarantine's got you some sort of way, bro. Uh, 39 days, man. Jalen Hurts. Oh, okay. <laughs> Nobody, okay. Nobody's mentioned Jalen Hurts. Let's try to keep it that fucking way. Week 16 at the Dallas Cowboys, 425 game, which arguably, once again, could come down to all the marbles for the NFC East, could come down to the number one seed in the NFC, could come down to the season could come down to everything. The Philadelphia Eagles, Carson Wentz, Doug Peterson, go down to Jerry World to play a franchise-tagged Dak Prescott and a fat-ass Jabba the Hutt-looking Mike McCarthy <laughs> for the entire NFC East. I fucking love when the Cowboys game is late in the season. I love this. Do you think Mike McCarthy gets exposed now? For like, I I think that Mike McCarthy heavily. I don't think he was an awful coach, but I think he was heavily carried by his quarterbacks. Do you think that that gets exposed when he goes to Dallas? I mean, Dak is a different kind of animal, um, but uh, you know, I think he's going to have to be scratching and surviving with uh, Dak versus uh, Aaron Rodgers. Um, for sure. I, I, and plus, I think it's a, you know he's learning a new system, a new offense. I think. Um, it could be it could be interesting, but 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 by week sixteen they should be firing on full cylinders. Um, it's weird. I mean, every year it's like it's a toss up. Like if you if you can catch one win against the uh, Cowboys, I'm okay with it. You know, I think they could potentially uh, you know catch a bobo here against the Cowboys. You're calling it against the Cowboys? Hey, it's always a toss up. Evan, I you, got a sweep in Dallas this year. Evan, you, you bring up an interesting point about exposing Mike McCarthy. Because because when you said that, when you initially said that, I kind of, you can't see me, obviously, but I raised an eyebrow and was like, what do you what exactly do you talk about exposing Mike McCarthy? But you do make a point. Like, Aaron Rodgers, in his prime, was your quarterback. Aaron Rodgers won you that Super Bowl. Aaron Rodgers was the reason why you were continuously into the play. When Aaron Rodgers was hurt, you saw that team absolutely crumble. Mike McCarthy couldn't get anything accomplished. You take a look at the Dallas Cowboys, completely different. Dak Prescott is a completely different quarterback than Aaron Rodgers. Is McCarthy's system going to fit him? And let's face it here, let's be honest, okay? The Dallas Cowboys have a lot of weapons. 
Whether we like to admit it or not, Amari Cooper is a good receiver. C.D. Lamb, we're all butthurt over when the Eagles didn't trade up to go get him. Ezekiel Elliott is one of the top one or two running backs in the NFL. They have good secondary wide receivers, third wide receivers, Michael Gallup, all of that. They got a lot of weapons. I can't help but think about Mike McCarthy in Green Bay never truly utilizing his run game to the best of his potential. Was that because of Aaron Rodgers and the way he ran the offense? Was that because they had a lot of uh, uh, wide receiver help, a lot of talent at that position? Was it because Mike McCarthy just forgot about the running? So, you know what, Evan, you bring up an interesting point when talking about Mike McCarthy as the head coach, because as much as I was like, that's a great hire by the Dallas Cowboys, it made a lot of sense bringing in some credibility, a guy who's been up there holding up the Vince Lombardi trophy. Was that more a product of Aaron Rodgers or Mike McCarthy? And if it was Mike McCarthy, Dak's a different quarterback. Dak's a completely different quarterback. And like you just said, he he's not the best at utilizing running backs, so does... Zeke get used improperly, and we see you know a step down from that. There's there's all these factors to involve. Not only is it that, but you take a look at Week 16, and just like the sun rises and sets, and the tides go high and low, <laughs> Week 16 is usually about peak Dallas Cowboys shit the bed crumble at the end of the mm-hmm. season period. Right? Isn't this usually when the nail in the coffin gets put? In the, the wheels, it, fall, completely it, the wheels off. fall completely off. And there's really no better way to do it than the Philadelphia Eagles going down the Jerry World and just fucking ending their season. There's nothing more satisfying than when the Eagles have the uh, Dallas Cowboys beat before the game ends and then you stay, they pan up to Jerry up in the box and he's already making his exit with like two or three minutes left. That is... There's no type of satisfaction like that. Well, you know, Jerry Jones is a high risk for the COVID, you know, being that age. <laughs> I mean, Jerry likes beating the traffic just like the rest of us. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's he what how old is he? Sith Lord? I don't know. <laughs> is that is that is that an infinity age or whatever? Wasn't it such yeah, a Jerry Jones thing? During the draft too, like he had that all white room. He was he was he was drafting from his private yacht. Go fuck yourself, Jerry. Only the good die young, so he's Two got times. To be at least five hundred years old. Yeah. And then lastly, to round out the schedule, week seventeen. Hopefully, we're resting. St- hey, we might see. You know, what? I'm not even going to say his name. We've gone this far <laughs> without saying his name. We're going to rest starters, Tutty which means Sutty. we're, we're going to see Nate Sunfeld. That's right. It's Tutty Sutty time. Not anybody else. It's Tutty Sutty time versus the Washington Redskins. Hopefully we're resting starters at this point, and we've locked down that first round bye if if, if everything goes well. It's Hurts yeah. time, baby. Oh, God, you said it. Damn Hurts. Hey, hey. That's, that's, that's hour and a half into this? Yeah, right. hey. Oh, my God. Hey, that's my quarterback, bro. That's my oh, quarterback. Dude, stop. Okay. He's stop. wearing midnight he's wearing midnight green. He's part of the family, okay? Oh, we made it so far. We made it so Can far. You try to get my blood to boil? Put put some respect on man's name, okay? I don't not have respect from the man. Are we really gonna do this right now this late in the podcast? <sighs> he's he's opening up that can of worms, Zig. Would you would you all right? I'm getting feisty. Oh, oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> All right, so so break it down. Is quads. that damn Gale Baskins? Is that Gale Baskins? <laughs> so break it down, quads. Jesus Christ, you guys. Break it down, quads. Right? We talked about the first quad, Washington, at Washington to open up the season. The Rams, at home, Cincinnati at home, San Francisco, 
two home, two away, good test, especially in the primetime game against the San Francisco 49ers. Then you take a look at the second quad. Again, uh, there's going to be some tough opponents here. Uh, there's not really going to be any layups. You have more games at home than you do away, three at home, one away. Pittsburgh, Baltimore, the first Dallas game. That's going to be tough. you got Giants in there. But you got that little mini buy between the New York Giants and the Dallas Cowboys. Boom. The buy that I absolutely love, week nine. It's a fourth quad. Now you got to start. It's November. Now you got to start building that momentum. New York Giants, Cleveland Browns, two winnable games right there for the taking. And then you get into the gauntlet Seattle Seahawks, Green Bay Packers, right? That's going to be tough. We're going to test the metal of this team. We're going to see exactly who they are. Leading us into the fourth quad, New Orleans Saints. If you beat the New Orleans Saints, you beat the Green Bay Packers, you beat the Seattle Seahawks, you got Arizona, Dallas, and Washington. Getting hot exactly at the right time. Postseason, here we come. I said I wasn't going to gas this team up. I said I wasn't going to get excited. But here I am. I can't help it. It's football. The schedule's in front of us. And we're going to be staring at this thing for the next two months trying to figure out wins and losses and and, and away games and who's going to travel. And hopefully we're able to go to games and you know, really dissecting this thing. But at first glance, I like this schedule. I like the fact that the bye week's in the middle of the schedule. I like the balance of it. They didn't screw us like they did last year where we had three home, three away games, and then we had the bye week, and then we had three home games. The home games on before the season looked incredibly tough, but you had New England mixed in there. Seattle Seahawks, that almost completely derailed our season. Yeah. But look, I, I think no matter what the schedule looks like, and no matter who's in front of us and what time we're playing them on the road, at home at Lincoln Financial Field, I think we touched on it earlier, and that was if healthy. I think yeah. the Eagles' success in 2020 comes down to one simple fact, two simple words, and that's if healthy. Because the Eagles have proved it. They've proved they, they've been able to get the job done with less talent on the field and key members of this offense and defense – Injured. Key key injuries in the secondary. Key injuries at the quarterback position. Key injuries at the wide receiver position. And still, banded together. It's what they do best when their back's against the wall and everybody counts them out. They can go in and get the job done regardless of circumstance. But if the Eagles are going to have success in this 2020 schedule, the way it's laid out, and I think it's laid out very fair, the key words are going to be if healthy. Yeah, I'm just going to start calling them the Philadelphia Eagles because uh, <laughs> at the end of the day, I mean, I, I see a playoff team. I think the way that the uh, schedule is laid out, I think you can go on these little mini spurts of runs here and catch an L here and there. But at the end of the day, man, I see a playoff team. I see if a team with, you know, in theory, uh, a team with uh, offense with team's speed that they lacked last year. If they can get that all together – I mean, we do. We have a, a solid defensive line, um, a new cornerback. One, um, it might be some, you know, question marks in the in, in the safety area with Jalen Mills being penciled in, or you know, uh, you know, Kayvon's maybe some li- becoming a fan favorite already, though. Yeah, man. I, I, speaking I, of safeties, we got some uh, like we talk, like you said, some rookies that we've added in there. You know, Jalen Rager. Um, this team's going to be fun to watch. It's just going to be just a really weird season uh, moving forward, just how everything's laid out. But I feel good, man. And I feel, here's, I feel good. Here's another piece of good news. 
As it stands right now, and I know there's a lot that a lot that changes in the season. Again, we will look at this schedule differently right now than we do in the beginning of September. We will look at the schedule differently at the end of December as we did in September. But as it stands right now, on paper, the Eagles have the eighth easiest schedule based upon strength of schedule with a winning percentage of .486. They have the eighth easiest schedule in the NFL. Okay. I mean, the, the, the league changes every year. You know, I there's know. teams that uh, regress. There's teams that get better. Um, but, yeah, that's that's definitely a good thing to look at. The one thing that I kind of um, just I keep on staring at is how we have majority of our, our away games in the second half of the season mm. after uh, the, the bye week. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, we go away, away, home, away, home, away, away. Um, but, you know, with that gauntlet, we get two out of three of those games at home. So, you know, I, I, there's a healthy balance in this schedule. I like it because I do feel like there is is that healthy balance. That was lacking last year. There were too many, you know, home game stretches, away game stretches yeah. last year. Um, and, again, it comes down to that one key fad that I, I – you know what? I like that phrase. I'm going to put it on a T-shirt, Gail. If it yeah, definitely Eagles. If, if it definitely Eagles. If healthy – this is a Super Bowl contender. I firmly believe that. Look at me, gassing up this team again. I fall into this <laughs> fucking trap every year. Thinking thinking playoffs, thinking one seed, thinking Super Bowl. I gotta fucking slow my roll, dude. No, it's Philadelphia Eagles. Don't steal my thunder now. If you see it on if you see it on socials, let 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 them know where it came from. The fourth and John podcast. Okay. Philadelphia uh, Eagles. Any final thoughts before we get on out of here? This has been fun. This has been a long one. It's been a fun one. I've enjoyed myself. No, I mean, it's a therapy session for everyone. Right now, everyone's going through something. I'm uh, just hoping everyone is uh, staying safe and their family members are good. And at the end of the day, it's always fly, Eagles fly. So uh, I'm just focused on the season, you know, for a, a Super Bowl season. Yeah, and shout out to, uh, to Monty G. Making a uh, nice recovery. So I saw him post earlier today. Oh yes, he's, yes, 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 yes. He's uh, he's sitting upright. He's doing better in the hospital. I think I believe he's still in the hospital, but he's doing much yep. better. So yep. uh, let's wish continued uh, healthy success to him and everybody else. Um, yeah, let's uh, I'm stay glad healthy. You, I'm, that's that's I'm, the number one goal here. I'm glad you brought that up, Evan, because I for, I forgot to mention while I was fishing on uh, Sunday, Monty G actually gave me a call from the hospital. So I apologize to the people who I put out a tweet that Monty G was coming home. Something you got to understand. The the word that I got was that Monty G was, and I'm quoting this right now, was released from the hospital. He's got to do. He's got to go to rehab, uh, but he got released from the hospital. I interpreted that as he's coming home. Uh, what happened was he was released from the hospital and then put into a rehabilitation hospital. The good news is he's speaking. He can't. He still can't really feel the left uh, side of his body, but he's on the path to recovery. It's it's something that Monty's not going to wake up one day, pop out of bed, and everything's going to be okay. He's got a long road ahead of him, and I and I applaud and salute all the Eagles fans that banded together and really donated to his GoFundMe, and even the Philadelphia Eagles organization themselves, who who, who made a very generous donation to make sure that. Everyone understands this is going to be a long recovery. So when Monty G comes home, he can focus on just recovering. That's it. He doesn't have to worry about his finances. He doesn't have to worry about his bills, his car payment, his electric bill, nothing. Groceries, nothing. All he's got to worry about is coming home and getting healthy so that hopefully 
when there is fans allowed, yeah, when there, at that, when there is fans allowed back at Lincoln Financial Field, God willing, we will certainly see Monty G there with his eagle wing hat and his airbrush t-shirts, and I can't wait for it. Absolutely. So we appreciate you listening. Make sure you give us a follow on Twitter at Fourth and John. Check out our Facebook page. Where uh, I'm sure Gail and I, I'm sure we're going to be doing uh, some more live streams along with the rest of the gang. We just did our Instagram, uh, first Instagram live stream together to just kind of check in. Uh, so make sure you're giving us a follow on Instagram as well. And of course, always uh, subscribe and rate and review on iTunes. Five-star review goes a long way. So until next time, let's go birds and we will see you hopefully at the lake. <laughs>